Boston present, Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. To Patriots first and goal, week two of the preseasons in the books. Patriots got their first win on the board against the Ooh. Green Bay Packers. They're sitting at one on one. I don't know. I guess it's a one game win streak to complement the 24 game win streak that came to an end for the Baltimore Ravens. I read that recently. I had no idea. What a ridiculous, meaningless streak, but it's still pretty cool regardless. A lot to break down, Rich Hill. We got week three, the final week of the preseason. It's the Titans coming up. But before we get to that, as always, decorum dictates. I ask how you are. So how are you? I'm fine. Uh, A okay. little, little, little disappointed that the Ravens winning streak ended. Uh, it was truly the only thing that gave the preseason any stakes yeah. whatsoever. And to see that go is a little bittersweet. Um, but at least, I mean, I don't know if you looked at any of the highlights from that game, but it was truly one of the most exciting preseason games you would ever see uh, ending on like a game winning field goal kind of a thing. Uh, Washington beat them 29 to 28 field goal with 18 seconds left a 49 yarder. So no, not a gimme by any means ended on an interception uh, that gave, uh, you know, Anthony Brown was trying for it. Uh, but, you know, a lot of excitement going on uh, in that game, which is, Beyond anything that you could ask for from a preseason game, most people left the game relatively healthy, so um, it's a win. Yeah, you, you got to wonder if the, that kind of mattered to Baltimore. Like, not really, but you you always, no matter what the streak is, you want to keep a streak alive. It yeah. could be in tiddlywinks for all you care, but like you need to keep the streak alive. So you know there are players that are kind of pissed off after that loss, which is good. It shows the competitive spirit. But we're not a Baltimore Ravens podcast, Rich Hill. We are a Patriots podcast. So we are going to get into the Patriots and the Packers. They went to Lambeau. They came away with a 21-17 victory. The starters saw some time. The backups saw some time. The overall thought, in my personal opinion, Rich, was this definitely better than week one of the preseason. We saw some things, in my opinion, that looked a lot better, a lot more cohesive. Saw some things that are still giving me cause for concern. There were some winners. There were some losers, and we'll talk about both of them. But it's first down, Rich, first and goal. Preseason game two winners. Who's your big winner coming away from that game? Yeah, I'd say that there were a few. One was very clearly Mac Jones, who uh, by far and away, he looked like he had command of the offense. He took a few sacks, but like very clearly they were the product of the offensive line just being in a very bad state. Um, but not only did Mac Jones look good, he made some good throws out there. Bailey Zappi looked a little inconsistent. So uh, I, I think that Mac Jones is in that top seat pretty comfortably. Um, and I, I think that most of the starters that we know of are pretty secure in where they stand on the roster. I don't think I saw anything during that game that would make me feel like some player further down the depth chart really has a competitive position to take away a starter role from someone already in their spot. 
Yeah, no, I think well, you know the the our point we talked about last time was how what we who you don't see on the field matters as much as who you do see on the field in week one. Uh, week two, we kind of got to see that come to fruition. Offense looked good, and unlike last week where they had a big pick turnover and they went three and out kicked the field goal, they had they managed to get a turnover and punch it in the end zone. That's all you yep. can really ask for at this stage. Again, it's it's vanilla defense. I understand that, but you get good field position, you have to capitalize on that. The Patriots were plagued by horrible decision-making that cost them points when they had great field position in 2022. So it's good to see that uh, coming through. My big preseason winner, again, uh, continues to be Bryce Berenger. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. really showing legitimacy as a punter. And if the Patriots, uh, and I'm guessing who your preseason loser is going to be for me too, if that continues to be a problem in the regular season, uh, the punting game could come into play more regularly than you and I would ever want it to see. So being able to flip the field like that, even when he shanks one, He's knocking like 60-yard punts. He's really dialed in, and I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing in general. I will also say my preseason winners are just the special teams units in general. Yep. I feel like it's just leaps years ahead of where they were last year. And I don't want to say like it's good to see them be good again because they're always good. I'm good to see that 2022 seemed to be just kind of a weird hiccup in the Bill Belichick matrix, and they're back on point now. Yep, totally. And uh, another weird hiccup that I'm glad they rectified was the whole Jalen Mills situation. They, you know, let him go during this offseason and then they brought him back at a reduced price. But he was playing that, you know, whenever he was on the field, he was good. And, you know, obviously suffered from some injuries that led to why they decided to go in a different direction. But it was so clear that when he was out on that field, he brought such a high level of energy and versatility and just ability that really elevated the entire secondary unit and the way that they were using him kind of as uh, you know, hybrid safety nickel corner kind of a thing gives them that flexibility that they really like to have out there. He's not Pat Chung by any measure. He's not playing as much at the line of scrimmage, but the fact that he can play, uh, you know, cover most players out there uh, is a huge benefit for what they need to do. And as an overall goal, they have to replace Devin McCourty out there and no one player is going to do it. And to have Jalen Mills out there, you know, Kyle Duggar's going to do good. Jabril Peppers is doing well. Adrian Phillips is also like a strong player. To have that type of versatility out there all in the middle of your defense gives you a lot to play with. And I'm very excited to see a lot of the coverage matchups that the Patriots try. Let me ask you this follow-up question. You've talked about Jalen Mills, and you mentioned Adrian Phillips is a strong player. Yep. Do you think he's safe right now with Duggar yeah. and Mills and Jabril Peppers and Phillips? That, that's, the, that's the safety room locked in? Yeah, you, you can't have too many safeties on this Patriots secondary. Like All of them will need to suit up Duggar. Total lock. He's going to be a top five paid safety in the league after this. Peppers playing very well. He and Phillips give the Patriots a lot of versatility at that line, like that Pat Chung role. You know, they're not necessarily as good at coverage as Pat Chung was, who is, you know, one of the best knuckle corners in the league, but they can play that uh, linebacker spot very well, that weak side linebacker role where they can cover the running back out of the backfield, cover tight ends, things like that. And then you have Jalen Mills, who can do a little bit of that weak side linebacker, but mostly nickel and safety. And to have all of that flexibility out there, uh, you know, Patriots play a lot of three safety sets. And to have four good ones that you feel comfortable on is a very, very good value to have, especially when none of them are really breaking the bank. You know, they're all on very affordable contracts. There's no need to move away from any of them, especially because there's not a younger guy really behind them. Uh, unless you feel like, you know, Miles Bryant is someone who could take that role. And like he and Jalen Mills do play a very similar function out there. But I think that Mills uh, is a better player right now. So there's no need to make that move. 
Yeah, I'm hoping one of the big things we see during the season is Kyle Duggar extension. I think we're all rooting yep. for that very, very hard. Uh, again, I, I would put that safety room up against any unit in the NFL oh, yeah. right now in terms of the depth and the, the versatility they have. Uh, it's awesome to see. Obviously, the biggest winner from the preseason game is Isaiah Bolden. Uh, all signs point to him being okay. Very scary moment. You never want to see anybody get hurt, particularly in the preseason. And I think we all had DeMar Hamlin flashbacks for a second when that, that stretcher came out. So Hamlin and Bolden both doing great. So I'm glad to see that. That's the big, big winner for me from the preseason as well, obviously. Uh, flip side, Rich, go to second down, second and goal. Everyone loves to talk about losers. As a loser, <laughs> I relate to these guys. Who's your big loser or losers from preseason week two? Yeah, Uh Going to stick with some of the more visible players out there, the players that did not produce as well as some of the their counterparts and the offensive positional groups. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call Zappi a, like a loser by any means, uh, because the big loser was that offensive line. Uh, they were not good by <laughs> any measure. Uh, they were down a lot of people. Sure, we will give them that. They had like three of their top four tackles out of the game. Uh, they started City Sow at right tackle, who like probably you know he's a college guard. He had one year of experience at right tackle. Uh, Riley Reef is out there at right guard. He's been a tackle in the NFL. Not sure what they're trying to figure out there. They have rookie Antonio Mafia at left guard. Um, we know what happens with this offensive line when there isn't consistency or when there is one weak point, then it forces players to compensate. And when you have three or four weak points, it's not good. Trent Brown. Uh, you know, I think he has a lot of upside, but he's been pretty inconsistent right now. You know, basically he's been missing camp, come back, he's being participant, but not as regular as you would have liked through the entire offseason. And so to just look at the players who didn't participate, you know, Cole Strange wasn't there and Wayne wasn't there, but he returned this week. Connor McDermott uh, was out. Uh, Anderson, the other tackle that was like potentially a starter at right tackle. You have four guys that could have potentially been starters in this offensive line, as well as Cody Russi, who was in the battle for one of the top backups. Uh, add in Vanterpool, who didn't really have a, a role or anything like that, but that's yet another tackle. And the Patriots were scraping the bottom of the barrel with this, and it looked like the bottom of the barrel. You know, the, the amount of time that Mac Jones was hit at the top of his drop without any seconds of warning was far too many. And there were times where uh, Sal looked like he shouldn't be on the field, which is not where you would want a rookie to be, especially if you're expecting him to be a starter. Mistakes are okay, but to look like they shouldn't be on the field at all is very concerning when Onwenu, who returned to practice right now, likely isn't going to be ready for week one. You know, you give him two weeks to get back after missing the entire offseason. That's a tall order. Maybe you put him in there, but you do you risk re-injury if you do that? Hopefully Cole Strange will be back and there'll be a nice domino effect after it. But I'm very concerned about the state of this Patriots offensive line. And with good reason, my man. I and mean, we talked about it last week. You don't want to spend your entire season hoping that no one's shoe comes untied and they got to yep. take a snap off because otherwise you're putting some guy in there that's going to get – Sal got literally just completely steamrolled. It wasn't even like a like a pass rush move. He has got pushed back uh, into his quarterback. It, 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 it is worrying. It's not like the Packers were dialing up this elaborate defense. They were just out-muscling yep. guys at the line. Uh, it's really not something you want to see at any point. And again, offensive line, you have to block. You have to game plan, obviously, but – it's a skill position in terms of just hand movement and, and placement and continuity. And we've seen zero of it yet. And without an offensive line, this team is, is pretty screwed because again, they're going to be a ball control offense. They're going to be a running game offense. And without our offensive line, uh, I'm really worried about that. Uh, my big loser kind of ties into the offensive line. Cause I, 
in his defense, it's very difficult to run the ball well without a good offensive line. But with Ezekiel Elliott coming into camp, he's a roster lock, obviously. That means that Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong have a whole lot to prove in these last couple weeks of the preseason. And Kevin Harris, besides getting the most carries of all the running backs, he had 10 opportunities to bust one. Uh, His longest carry was seven yards. 10 for 31 is 3.1 yards a carry. He showed absolutely nothing. He had one grab for nine yards. But at this point, I feel like he's definitely on the outside looking in that running back room. Yep, definitely agreed. And it's one where it's like there's makes sense for him to go on to the practice squad. Like you need to have good bodies on there. But you look at what players are bringing to the table. Stevenson and Elliott, they're both 1A, 1B. We talked about this last time. Pierre Strong brings the speed that they don't otherwise have. And J.J. Taylor, for the lack of like high-level ability that what we've seen, he at least gives them some receiving ability out of the backfield. He's probably, with Ty Montgomery being pretty inconsistent, the top option right now to be that third down back. And you're not going to keep five when you have such strong depth at your wide receiver room that you need to be considering. And so for Kevin Harris to go out there and 10 carries for 31 yards when, uh, you know, obviously different situations and scenarios, but JJ Taylor and uh, Ramondre Stevenson going eight for, uh, you know, 56, like nearly putting up double the yards per carry. That's hard. And like, yes, the offensive line isn't good. And yes, the situations were different, but still not a great look. No, it's not. Uh, you know, maybe one saving grace is Pierre Strong's a little banged up. Maybe he's going to yep. be a potential pup candidate to start. Uh, another loser again, Ty Montgomery. I don't know how long I need to stay on the Ty Montgomery train, Rich Hill. I've been on it since he became a Patriot, and I've been looking like an idiot every single week. <laughs> he just hasn't done anything yet. Maybe it'll happen eventually. But, yeah, I mean, I think they're very, very set at the top of the running backs. But after that, there's a lot of question marks. Play another big loser in the preseason is Troy Brown, wide receivers coach, because he's <laughs> going to have some serious decisions to make in terms of who makes his roster, who he kind of, what his depth chart looks like. It's a good problem to have, but I feel like if I'm Troy Brown right now, I'm scratching my head being like, which of these guys do I let go? Who do I cut? Who do I stash? How do I do this? Yeah, totally. I mean, some of the players that did not show up well at the receiver position against the Packers, Trey Nixon, 0 for 3. He actually ended up getting injured. Now he got injured waived this week, so he's no longer with the team as an option. And then our friend Malik Cunningham uh, went 0 for 5 as a receiver, and uh, he's returning kicks. He's trying to do whatever he can. If he makes the team, it'll be as that third quarterback. And as a specialist, you know, maybe actually do the Julian Edelman route. Uh, we will see. He'll have plenty of time to develop if he does make the roster. Uh, but I think the fact that the two of them did not show up so well at wide receiver, and then you see Tyquan Thornton still dealing with that shoulder injury, wouldn't be surprised if he started the season on the pup list or, or another pup list. But, you know, the injured reserve just to come back as the middle of the season option. The fact that uh, those movements are taking place, it's kind of getting settled because someone that we didn't really mention as a winner, uh, but Boutte uh, had a 42 yard grab for a score. He's continuing to take advantage of all the opportunities in practice with all of these other injuries. He's showing up with the the number one unit and he's doing well, you know, leading the team and like receptions kind of work, but with Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster uh, and Kendrick Bourne, who's been doing great as well as roster locks. Uh, and then also you add in Demario D- uh, Douglas, who's doing a great job out there at receiver. And then, uh, you know, Boutte has a good shot to make the, the roster as well. And so I, I would say uh, if I had to make a choice right now, yes, it would be hard. But we'll talk a little bit more about what we'd be looking for in the final preseason game. Yes, we will. Speaking of, great way to segue out of that. Second and goal is done. Third and goal coming up. 
Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, Rich. Patriots, Titans, week three of the preseason. Weird not to see Patriots, Giants in week four of the preseason, but here we find ourselves. New England canceled their team practices with Tennessee due to the Bolden situation, which I'm okay with. It would have been good to get the extra week of joint practices, but that's okay. All signs point to him being all right, like we already talked about. This is the, I don't really know what, what this is like the dress rehearsal anymore. Maybe week two. Mm-hmm. I'm still very confused as to what week three of the preseason actually entails with the new schedule being what it is. But I would imagine, at least I personally like to see the starters, starters out there for at least the first half. Yeah, totally. And I, I think I'd be surprised if we saw them out there for that much. But like, who knows? I mean, it's a uh, time where we have not seen a lot of uh opportunities for that first unit if it's a situation where the patriots feel like they can get their top offensive line a little bit more time together then i could see that being a very real possibility uh for getting them some reps together in live action uh what we saw last year though we saw that the starters did see uh, a bit of time out there uh you know mac jones was starting against the raiders that's who they were playing in the final preseason game uh he didn't play the entire game obviously but he played like you know almost half of the snaps. And so I I wouldn't be surprised if he saw a little bit, but I could also see like, Hey, the offensive line has been a sieve. It's not worth it. We know what we got. (laughs) And like, there's no, that would be the worst possible outcome would be to put Mac Jones out there behind the same porous offensive line that we've seen this entire off season. That's just a, a recipe for disaster. No, it is. And it's tough, man. Cause you want Mac Jones out there getting some first team reps with the first team, but the first team won't be ready regardless on on for week three. So why would you even bother? But again, I don't know. I, I'd like to see him getting more reps with these guys because there's like a chance like you talked about earlier. If and when is not ready to go week one, some combination of these guys are going to be his starting five. So yeah. we need something out there with him. Um, again, we'll see what mm-hmm. happens with it. But I'm glad they're going against Tennessee. I feel like Tennessee's a good team. Got the Mike Vrabel connection. They're a good running team. Tackling something you can't really – train against during the preseason you can tackle you can't i'm sure derrick henry's gonna get some reps it's like to see will levis he went to my high school fun little alex shane fact i <laughs> uh, don't know him but he went to my high school in, in uh, middletown connecticut he'll see some reps uh should be a good game uh anything in particular you're looking to see from the offense or the defense you haven't seen yet are you hoping to see that you see more of yeah i mean honestly this is a good opportunity for them to as you say play against a really tough unit uh, this is not necessarily a world beating team by any means, but there's talent at pretty much every single position. You mentioned Derrick Henry. They also have DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver. Jalen Burks is a, is a top prospect from last year at wide receiver. They have solid players along the offensive line. Maybe they're not 
you know, an all pro unit, but they have solid players across that. Uh, they have Jeffrey Simmons, one of the best defensive linemen in the entire league. They have a great pass rush. Uh, Harold Landry, former BC guy is a great player out there. So they have some talent on the edge and they have, uh, you know, ongoing strong players in the secondary. Kevin Byard, one of the best safeties in the league, Roger McCreary. I really liked him as a cornerback coming out. They have players at every single position there's definitely some gaps. And so there will be opportunities to see how are the Patriots going to scheme against this unit. And we'll get a really good sense of what the Patriots plan is for week one of the regular season based off of what their comfortability is with calling plays, given the offensive line. You know, we saw that in the very first preseason game, they gave Zappy half a second to release the ball because of how much they feared the offensive line's ability. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another shuffle on the offensive line going into this game, uh, just because it didn't work last time. And so uh, they need to try a different combination. I would flip Sal and Rife again and, and put uh, Riley Reef back at right tackle, Sal at right guard. I feel like that'd be a much safer position for them to move forward with, uh, at least for now. Um, but I'm just going to be looking at how are the players that uh, are kind of on the fringe of being a starter. Like, I feel like we've talked in the past about how the overall roster is nearly set. You know, if you went top to bottom on the current roster, you'd probably get, you know, 40 to 45 players absolutely correct on whether or not they'd make the team. I don't necessarily, I mean, obviously I'll be watching the, like the final 10 players who make the team, but honestly, I think it's like the players 35 to 45 on the roster that I'll really be watching because that type of depth is what really separates the teams that uh, are fine versus those that can compete because injuries happen. Number three on the depth chart will play a substantial number of snaps every single year for every single team, you know, expect them to play 50% of the snaps over the course of the regular season. And so that's why, uh, you know, we talked earlier about Jalen Mills. I want to see him continue to play well. I want to see Marcus Jones continue to play well if he's able to go at all. I want to see, you know, obviously the offensive line do well, but I want to see Boutte continue to build off of what he's been doing. I want to see Douglas get some real opportunities because they've been kind of keeping him in the garage over this time. I want to see the tight ends. Ferkser has been having a great camp, and I want to see him step up. And can he be the tight end number three, especially with Jaseki dealing with a shoulder injury? So there's players at every single position that like have a chance to, you know, make their case to be the top backup. You know, I feel like the number one and number two are pretty set for most of the positions, but top backup, the number three, number four, even number five on the depth chart, that's a pretty good camp battle. And this will be their last chance to make their case. I'll tell you, Rich, if that comes true, any of that rant you just went on, Hall of Fame <laughs> rant for the record, uh, if any of that comes true, this is going to be a very high-flying Patriots offense in week three, airing it out, a lot of five wide receiver sets, Mac Jones working on a shotgun. Why not? I never understood why teams don't do stuff like that more in the preseason. Like, what's the worst case scenario? Like, you get an interception? Like, who cares? Um, I'd love to see that. Uh, you talked about the number third and fourth guy or number two and number three guy being able to round out their position, solidify their depth, whatever you want to call it. Given that and given the woes that we've talked about along the offensive line, the injury risk that we're always worried about, we didn't see it happening at all in week two. Do you think the potential number two, potential number three quarterback, Malik hmm. Cunningham, gets any snaps under center this week? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the way so the way that the Patriots did it last year was that uh, Mac Jones had probably the first, you know, 25 snaps of the game for his three drives. They gave Brian Hoyer the rest of the first half and they let Zappi take over the second half. I would not be surprised if they did uh, – something similar like i if they gave 
Zappy a little bit of time, you know, let him come out of the halftime. I wouldn't be surprised and get save only the fourth quarter for the QB three. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to McSorley as a, like a good Anya kind of a move. <laughs> I feel like, uh, what was it? They give Ryan Lindley the entire fourth game a few years back, uh, back when it's still a four game preseason. And he had no business being out there. He, there was no way he was going to make the roster, but they just said, Lindley, you take the entire final preseason game, get some tape out there. Maybe someone else will sign you. I could see them giving McSorley that sort of treatment just because uh, he's everyone knows he's not going to make the roster. He's been there as a camp body. Cunningham can do everything he can do, if not a little bit better, and Hull serve the same role during practice during the regular season. So McSorley's probably going to walk. So why not give him an opportunity? Tell you what a weird irony of like living your dream, playing in the NFL but knowing you're playing in the fourth quarter of the last preseason game, which is like a death (laughs) sentence. I'll still never forget that year. I forgot exactly which year it was, but Brandon Merriweather was out there. We're like, oh, man, that's not good for him. If you are getting time in the fourth quarter of this game, uh, thanks for your time in New England, but best of luck to you kind of thing for sure. Uh, Again, no injuries is what we really want to do. Should be interesting. I want to see the Titans ones, hit the Patriots ones. The first half should be fun after that. Anything goes, and there are maybe five or six spots that will get won or lost in that last kind of 15, 30 minutes of, of football. Uh, speaking of roster moves, fourth and goal, Rich. Last one, or at the, at the goal line here, last chance. Roster moves, surprise moves. If you have any surprise cuts you think might take place, any surprise keeps you think might happen, we all know, like we said, the top of the roster is locked in. We all know who the kind of maybes guys are. But are there any surprise you want to throw at us that if you're, you want to hear, you heard it here first from Rich Hill, this guy's making it, this guy's not. <laughs> well, I, I think I made my Christian Gonzalez pick back before the draft. And I'm sure never going to top that one. I'm never going to top it. Um, I feel like I don't have a lot of surprises when I look up and down this roster. And I mean, we've talked about with the offensive line, they have three rookies that are probably going to make it. Andrews, Mafi, and Sal are probably all going to make the team. We know who their top like, eight guys are. So it would be, uh, you know, it, would we consider James Ferentz a lock? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets cut that kind of a move, especially if they're definitely going to keep Jake Andrews. And so I don't think there's any real surprises that we're going to see, which is what makes them a big surprise, I guess. (laughs) Uh, I I feel like the biggest surprise that I might expect would be if a player gets traded. I don't think the Patriots are flush anywhere. I don't know if we'd consider like if Anthony Jennings doesn't make the roster, would that be a big surprise? Uh, I don't know if that's like enough of a name to be considered a surprise, but uh, I would say my most uh, or my biggest surprise keep would probably even be, uh, you know, Matt Sokol at tight end as the tight end three, which I don't think is that big of a surprise. Um, but I don't know, Alec, do you think there's any player that uh, has been outperformed by someone else over the course of this off season that is still going to make the team just based off of one reason or another? Yeah, I mean, the good thing about making this kind of prediction as a Patriots fan is there's really nothing you can say that's just so far-fetched you, you're thought of as ridiculous. <laughs> like, if you were to say they cut Mac Jones, that's a ridiculous thing to say, but it's not completely out of the realm of Bill Belichick's wheelhouse. We've seen it every offseason. These team-first, irreplaceable cornerstone guys get traded. They get cut. The Lawyer Malloys, the Logan Mankins, the Richard Seymours. We've just seen it time and time again. So it's never really – I never feel like I'm going too far out on a yep. limb. Um, but for me, I hate to say it, but I think the writing's kind of on the wall just due to performances and his own availability. Uh, I can see Tyquan Thornton maybe getting the Foxborough flu this season. Totally. 
and and losing a spot to Boutte or Douglas or just somebody in that room. We've talked about how crowded that receiver room is. And I just like a Troy Brown, you have a really bad decision to make. And there's something about second round receivers in the Patriots that just never seem to pan out unless you're Dion Branch. So I can see as much as I like Thornton, as much as his speed is exciting and as much as fun as it was to watch that 27 yard grab, whatever it was in week one, I just don't think there are enough reps to go around for him. And I don't think he brings anything to the table beyond that blazing speed that the other guys don't also have. So I can see him getting cut or traded or IR'd. And unfortunately, I don't want to say it yet because I'm on the train, but I just don't see a spot for Ty Montgomery right now. He's just done yep. nothing to warrant a roster spot. Uh, he's always banged up. He's literally done nothing for the team so far. And you got to wonder when to cut bait. Yep. Totally. I mean, I, I think that's fair. I think there's a few players that could be like salary cut releases uh, potentially, um, but I also don't know how much they would actually save for the team. Uh, the biggest ones would be surprises. Like would they let Calvin Anderson go? Uh, you know, one of the offensive tackles that they signed, would they uh, let Riley Reef go if he's not playing as well, you know, if, or if the low level he's playing is the same equivalent that you could get for someone on a rookie contract and why keep the veteran? If you're going to get a low performance, might as well use the cap savings that way. Um, I don't think that there's any really glaring player out there. Um, my one thought is that there's probably going to be a surprise in the secondary. That's the only area where I feel like there could be something that goes down because you look, we talked about how jammed the safety room is Duggar peppers, Phillips. Uh, you, you add in uh, Mills, ability out there. Schoolers, they're going to be a special teamer. Uh, Cody Davis, if he's able to make it back to the roster, he's one of the top special teams players in the league. He's going to make it. You get a, uh, blood. So uh, is someone that the Patriots really believe in. So do they let a veteran go in favor of a younger player like blood? Not possible. I don't know. Maybe Bledsoe sticks around on the practice squad, but that's like a lot of defense or safeties to keep in there. And then you look at the cornerback room with Gonzalez and Jack Jones and Jonathan Jones and Marcus Jones. Uh, that's a very full cornerback, Miles uh, Bryant as well. So you're already looking just across players that we would consider to be roster locks at 10. And uh, there's a few or, you know, more than 10, 10 to 12, if you include the special teamers in that, that have the opportunity or ability to play spe- uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And so would I be surprised if one of the veterans gets let go? I wouldn't want to see it. Wouldn't be fully surprised. Like would Miles Bryant get be let go? He's pretty affordable. He's uh, signed his restricted free agent contract, but would they potentially move him because he's going to get paid a lot more next year? I don't know. I, I feel like there's opportunities for the Patriots to make that give and take. Um, but if there were to be a surprise of, oh, I didn't think that they'd let that guy go, it'd be at the in the secondary. Would you qualify Jack Jones as a surprise cut given his no. legal situation? No, not at all. Um, I mean, that would be a very Belichick move. And it would also be a very Belichick move to say uh, he's our starter kind yeah. of thing and uh he has been he, he's been uh probably the team's top cornerback i know christian gonzalez has the billing and everything like that but for the player who has been the most uh consistent over the course of the offseason on the outside as a perimeter cornerback it's been jack jones without question he's been the team's most consistent dominant cornerback on the edge um and so we'll see i mean that that would not be a surprise but i think that all like the court proceedings and everything uh, are expected to be delayed. I'm not staying fully on top of that one. 
Yeah, I think September 15th is the new date, but maybe they'll push it back again. Gonzalez is nursing an ankle injury as well. Should be fine, but something to monitor as well. Gusecki's back at practice. Pierre Strong's back at practice. A couple of good days and a, and a big game coming up. Patriots, Titans. Uh, anything else we want to talk about, Richard? Should we get to our, our predictions? Let's get on to our predictions. All right. So just to be contrarian, I picked the Patriots to win. You picked the Packers, which means one for the good guys. <laughs> I am picking first. Patriots going to Tennessee. Uh, I think they lose this one. I think that there will be a couple runs from the Titans. Derrick Henry will have like three runs. He won't do much. And then the backups will lose to the other backups. I don't think this will be a very exciting game. I know you're hoping to see a lot of high-flying offense out of the Patriots. I just don't see it personally. I think they're going to try and get out of there as unscathed as possible, particularly after the Bolden scare. And it'll be something like Titans 20, Patriots 10. Uh, 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 That's fair. That's a fair expectation for this game and one that I won't fight too much. Um, I also think it'll be a low-scoring affair. I think that the Patriots will pull this one off. Uh, I think that the Patriots have a lot of players, you know, we're talking around like that players in the 35 to 50 range of the roster that have a lot to play for. We saw them playing Carl Davis at the end of last week's game. Jalen Mills was playing deep into the game as well. So to have players with NFL starting level ability out there fighting for their roster lives late into games, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots were just playing higher level talent at some point and tips the scales, just because I do think that that's always how Belichick constructs his rosters. Um, And so I think it'd be a low scoring game. I don't think that the Patriots offense will do too well, um, but I think that the Patriots will pull this one off like 20 to 14. 20 to 14. couple of barn burners from Hill and Shane. Oh, yeah. all right. Again, all that matters is they can get out of this intact and turn the page, get ready for Philadelphia because I'm starting to get psyched for the regular season, Rich, and those first four games are going to be brutal. They really need to come out of the box swinging. So hopefully they can kind of put any – cares or problems they have to bed in August and hit September running because 4-0 is possible, 0-4 is possible, and everything in between. So uh, they're going to need to come come and bring it from the from the very start. I don't think the kind of extended preseason narrative can really apply this year. Yeah, no, they don't have the breathing room to do that uh, and still be able to compete at the end of the season. They're not going to get a lot of grace with the current state of their offensive line. So hoping to see some big jumps from their young players. Uh, hopefully uh, Cole Strange will be ready to go in week one. Hopefully Unwainu is going to be a quick returner as well now that he started practicing again. But they just need the bodies because their death chart is looking pretty hairy on the line. Um, but hopefully there won't be any other issues coming out of this final game of the preseason. And so, Alec, I got nothing else. Until next time, you have a good one. You do, buddy. See you, man. Later.